Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening... Sean the Sheep. The big short room, patented, touched with fire, SpongeBob, sponge out of water, the Princess Bride, born to be blue, spotlight, and more. At the E Bar on Thursday, March seventeenth, see Run Coyote, Let's Just Be Friends, and Charlotte Cornfield. The bookshelf is an independently owned cultural hub located at forty one Quebec Street in Guelph. For more info about the bookshelf hours, listings, blogs, directions, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca. Bye. The next edition of Long Winter takes place at the Great Hall in Toronto on both Friday, March 18th and Saturday, March 19th. On March 18th, see live music by Marvelous Mark, Triple Gangers, Bridget Bard Don'ts, Infinite Poolside, Baby Cages, Zoo Owl, Prince Innocence, Whoop Zoo, Isaac Valentine, The Queer Songbook Orchestra, Rachel Cardiello, Avant Cool, La Timba, Molo, Sitaracon by The Holy Gasp, and Ken Murphy. Also on March 18th in the Black Box at 9pm, a live taping of a Creative Control with Vish Khanna episode, featuring a panel discussion about the Toronto Blue Jays with Stacey May Fowles, Drew Fairservice, Desmond Cole, and Josh Sucker of Fucked Up. On March 19th, see live music by Cousins, Joyful Talk, Juge, Triad, JFM, Mystic Triangle, Shy Wisdom, Witch Prophet, Long Branch, Dorothea Paz, Top Forte, Spoken Symphonies, DJ Adam T, and Thin Edge Collective Workers Union by Louis Andresen, plus CCMC, Phrase Velocity, and CRL, as curated by the Music Gallery. Also on March 19th, another episode of the Long Winter Talk Show, Long Night with Vish Khanna, with special guests Jay Ferguson and Patrick Pentland of Sloan, a cooking demo with Zane Kaplansky, filmmaker Caitlin Durlach, and music by so long set plus art performance dance and readings the long winter arcade and the toronto international film festival's presentation of the next new wave festival this edition of long winter is an all-ages event that takes place on friday march 18th 
and Saturday, March 19th, both at 7 p.m., and each evening costs $10 admission. The Great Hall is not an accessible venue yet and is located at 1087 Queen Street West. For more information about advanced tickets and other things, please visit torontolongwinter.com. Welcome back to Long Night, folks. You're a hot crowd. Let me say that right away. You're a hot, hot crowd. Creative Control with Vish Khanna. Hello and welcome to episode 241 of Creative Control with Vish Khanna. I'm Vish. Hello again. Rangda is a powerful American instrumental trio featuring guitarist Sir Richard Bishop and Ben Chastney and drummer Chris Corsano. Their new album is called The Heretic's Bargain. It's out now via Drag City Records, which you can learn more about at dragcity.com. And Rangda are on the road as we speak with forthcoming shows in Bloomington, Indiana, Columbus, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Baltimore, Maryland. In fact, they were just in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, for a tremendously powerful show at Double Double Land in Kensington Market, where I had the opportunity to sit around a table and speak with the band about all sorts of things. So this episode is me and Rick and Ben and Chris of Rongda. Comfortable there? You're very. It's like you're umping the interview. Your chair is very high. Are you okay up there? Uh, yeah, I don't think I can lower it. Yeah. Actually, so. I wonder if I'm liable if there's a podcast accident. It's never happened on the show before. Sure. Rick is actually gonna look for a chair. Uh, ben, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I got a normal sized chair. <laughs> is that is that a perk for you to have a normal sized chair on the road? Actually, I sat in a quite small chair. When we were just having dinner, so. Oh, okay. Where did you go for dinner? You're in Kensington Market, which is a there's a there's lots of nice options for eating in mm. Kensington Market. We like to say. I don't know where we went. We went someplace. Was it good? Yeah, it's good. That's <laughs> <laughs> <was> all right. <laughs> Strange sized chair. Oh, look at that! You got a normal chair. All right, excellent. Now I want to begin by I don't know how long have you been on the road in in, in Rangda? Uh, for this tour. Uh, this is the fifth show, I believe, or the... Yeah, this is the fifth show. Has there been a particular highlight of this particular trek at this point? No, we're hoping that's this evening. No, every show's been okay. You know, uh, there hasn't been one that's been ex- exceptionally better than others, but uh, um, 
but we just look at each show as that's going to be the best one. Yeah. Ben, I noticed on uh, on Rick's Facebook page that he stumbled upon a piece of art at a venue. Do you know what I'm referring to? I do not. The uh, Brooklyn show. There's something in the basement. Remember that? It was a painting? It was a painting, indeed. I forget your, what it of was. your favorite American politician. Remember that? I'm surprised you don't remember that, Ben. <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, yeah. Well, let Who me, was it? It was, uh, it was a pastel painting from 1989 of, of our fearless leader, Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, just, uh, just a beautiful piece of work. Um, one that I'm sure I could sell for a lot of money uh, if he becomes the president of Canada. You're already contemplating the art of the deal. Canada, why would he, you're going to send him up here? Well, you always hear that if, if, uh, if he becomes elected president, there's a lot of Americans that are going to move up here to Canada. So we just figure we'll just send Trump and uh, then you guys can deal with him. You're going to move the guy up here and then he's our president. All right, that's Except not... For your guy. You got that new, that new young guy that's uh, making all the, uh, you know, all the romance magazine covers and all that. Yeah, Justin Trudeau. Everyone seems to like him, and uh, they like to talk about how ravishing and good-looking he is. He's a, he's a very good-looking man, and uh, we, we want to get him to be our tour manager next time we uh, tour in Canada. So can you uh, put the word out for us? Absolutely, yes. I'll get on the hotline right now. Now, you guys are... Do, have you toured a bunch in the States already on this uh, leg? Is that all you've done? Uh, we just did the three shows, uh, one in New York and two in Massachusetts, and then last night in Montreal. So... Can you, as and you're all Americans, as far as I know, right? You're all from... Good tax-paying Americans, absolutely. <laughs> so the tone of this presidential election has obviously caught the world's attention. Uh, I think of uh, you two I know uh, a little bit, Ben and, and Rick. Uh, Chris, I don't know very well. I was just going to compliment them on their intelligence. I, I don't mean to separate you from that. I just don't know you very well. You seem like a bright young man. What in your opinion is going on in this country in your country right now because this is a, a level of madness that we have not encountered uh observing you from up here as we tend to do chris do you want to speak to this can you speak Wait a to the minute, though, but reagan bush bush jr like the the i mean the madness. if you want madness i think we've been exporting <laughs> that for years and years this is comical but and it's comical until if he is elected, then it's sad the way that Reagan having an ex-actor, right? That's true. That's a good point. And we're forgetting that maybe, or at least I've forgotten that. Although I never will say... Forget. I, <laughs> is that never what the, forget. Is that what that phrase is meant to convey? <laughs> yeah, never forget Ronald Reagan? Okay. It's the only good thing he ever did. I don't think Reagan and Bush... Usually it's shrouded in some form of legitimacy, though, is what I'm saying. This is just a, a clown show, and I don't know. You guys, uh, you have to deal with this down there. How, how are you feeling about things? Well, in my, my personal opinion, which is always from correct. left field, is, uh, and correct, yes, thank you, is that uh, I, I think over a year or two ago, it, it's already been determined that Hillary Clinton will be the next uh, president of this fine country that we supposedly live in. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, I'm sure there was a Bilderberger meeting she went to, and it was just decided. And they just they just figured in order for her to get there, they needed to put on this big show of, you know, split the country between idiots and regular people, and then sub-split them into further idiots and regular people, make it look like it's just something that's really happening and everything, everybody's going crazy. And in the, in the end, 
you know, you'll have Ms. Clinton there, I'm sure. That's just my prediction. I'm, I'm calling it now and uh, taking bets if anybody's interested. So just let me there, know. There was an interesting thing that happened the last time when uh, they, they tried to make the Romney-Obama election the last time seem really close. And then when it happened, it wasn't close. It was, like a, it was basically a landslide for uh, Obama. The same kind of thing. I mean, I, I know Obama was a surprise for a lot of people. And uh, I think Oprah's still probably weeping a little bit because of it, you know. And, uh, but I'm pretty sure that it was determined well ahead of time that uh, Barack Hussein Obama would be our president for two terms. And they, again, they have to make this little show to make, make sure that people think they have a, a, a right to choose and that their, that their vote matters. And, of course, it does. <laughs> When you say they, and, and the, you're talking about predetermination here, uh, and it sounds vaguely conspiratorial or or realistic. Uh, yes, and yes, you're right on both both counts. I love a good conspiracy. Um, those are those are minor ones, I think, in in my history of conspiracy study. Um, but yeah, I think uh, anybody that digs a little bit and learns how to filter the crap from uh, the gold, so to speak, can come to the same conclusions. It's just a matter. It's just a matter of how you research. All right, I'm clearly got to stay off of Wikipedia. <laughs> ben, Ben, I just want to ask you about Bernie Sanders a little bit, though, Ben, because this guy is a curveball. Are you following? Do you follow the politics very much? Uh, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so you you try to stay. I, I gather. I could tell that you weren't so keen to talk about these things. Is How that, could you tell? I don't know. You were staying quiet. You seemed reluctant. I'm just enjoying uh, listening to people. Well, is, do you find that Rick is generally a conspiracy theorist? Is, are you surprised that he would say that this I'm is all pre I'm not surprised. No, I'm not surprised. Okay. What do you make of his, his theory and his prediction? I, I don't judge my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree with him. No. I don't judge him. I don't, you know. Okay. Because I, I was listening to Rangda on the way up here, the new record, which is brilliant, by the way. It's really great. And I was thinking of, of, uh, about how angsty I thought it was. I don't know if that word is the right word to use for your music. You're probably getting all sorts of things. You're probably getting post-punk. Are you getting that? Are you getting post-hardcore? Oh, we got, we got, uh, last night, we got uh, Mahavishnu. Somebody thought we were, we were channeling Mahavishnu, and uh, uh, I didn't see that one coming. But uh, I don't know what people say or what they think they're always going to try to you know pigeonhole it into something you know that's just what we all do but uh we i don't know that we really do that ourselves we just kind of get together and make music and we're happy with the results so you know we don't really know what kind of music it is right it's 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 two electric guitars and a drum kit that's that's you know you can take it from there and and you know we keep it pretty simple you know that's what it is but it is a bit of a, a slightly antagonistic sound, I would say. It's a, it seems to be uh, <laughs> Ben off mic. Ben, That's ridiculous. You don't think it's antagonistic in any way? You don't? No. What, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It, it seems. <laughs> That's very seems, friendly. This seems <laughs> friendly sound. This is what I'm talking about, Ben. This is the exact thing that I feel is being channeled in the guitars and the drums is this sort of rage, contained rage. rage. I'm I'm a softly (laughs) deflating uh, 
like rubber boat right now. It, there's no rage. It's just kind of I, soft and floating. I think it, you know, it's going to depend on each listener. If they if they hear angst as you may have heard, uh, then that's then that's the correct interpretation because it's uh, it's up to each individual to determine what no what, what comes through. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not. But from our from our perspective, Apparently this became a Republican debate. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Uh, from my perspective, I think it's. Uh, it's, it's friendly. It can be loud, and it can be you loud know. There's friendly. a little. There's a little feedback every now and then, but yeah. uh, but all in all, it's it's instrumental. So if there was if there was a vocalist maybe uh, indicating certain ideas with with words, then maybe you could get into the anger and the angst thing. But uh, we're just kind of like you know, we we kind of want Johnny Mathis to be our vocalist, you know, to uh, to spread the love and the cheer that that uh, is just full in the world right now. That's a, that's an interesting choice, Johnny Mathis. That's Absolutely. a bit. Of, yeah. I've been uh, I've been studying the back catalog of Johnny Mathis now for over a year, and I'm I'm very I'm uh, I'm very uh, pleased with my research and uh, how it just <laughs> I can't keep a straight face, but how it uh, makes me feel inside. It's all about love and uh, and uh, things like that. And uh, if you ever hear the song "Stairway to the Sea," look it up. It's a classic. It's from his back catalog. Okay, and now I. I Am I wrong to assume that maybe Johnny Mathis has made it into rotation on tour in the van? Not yet, but I but I'm waiting for the right moment. I I do I swear to God I do have Johnny Mathis on the iPod, and I'm waiting for the right moment. I think um, I think once I share my feelings of Johnny with with the boys here, that um, that things are going to change. You know, in fact, uh, in fact, I've actually I'm, I'm actually thinking of sending. Uh, something to uh to mr mathis's uh people uh in los angeles to see if maybe if we can't get permission to do some of his songs even though i don't think he wrote most of them but he did interpret better than anybody then uh i think we're gonna try to incorporate some of that unless he would like to join us himself because he's in his 80s now and uh, and so we're really hoping that he'll take Rangda to that next level if you know if we do decide to use a vocalist and after we get a vocalist we might think about a bass player <laughs> okay. All right. That's a that's an interesting itinerary you have there for you. That's you know you, you had to you have to realize that we're just going to toy with you the rest of the night. But we've been we've been very serious <laughs> no, so far. No, no, it's fine. I don't mind. I'm uh, Johnny, Johnny Mathis. Mathis is very if Johnny Mathis ran for president, he would get my vote in no time. I think it will be mostly entertainers running from president now. <laughs> that's just the way it seems to be. Right? Shaping up. You made a, a couple of comments there that I want to pick up on. One. Somehow I'm going to pick up on whatever it was you just said. One of them is that, uh, of course, it's up to the listener to interpret this music for whatever they, you know, they're bringing something to it as well. And then you also mentioned the vocals, lyrics, and expression. So I'm curious if you guys ever feel limited as an instrumental band in conveying ideas uh, and in conveying uh, emotion. Because obviously, yes, I'm reading into it. As this some... band has nothing to do with emotion, <laughs> first of all. I, no, I don't deal with emotions in music whatsoever. And that's just, I think that is a sort of, people who talk about, that's not, that's not what we're interested in. That's not what I'm interested in. There's never a time when, as a band, we think, let's make this one particular emotion. It's not like a constructed thing. It's not articulated. But obviously, when you start playing... Something is being conjured, right? Again, though, it's it's going to be up to whoever listens to it and what what affects them emotionally. You know, I mean, we're not we're not 
projecting anything. Seriously, we're not. Sure, sure. And you don't want to harsh someone's mellow if they're <laughs> picking up something that I mean, you're laying I mean, down. Here, here, here's this, this is as emotional as we're going to get. You just have to look at our song titles. I mean, we have a song title called Spiro Agnew. Now, what kind of emotion does that bring out in people? Up here, maybe nothing at all. It makes, th- makes me think of Watergate. Yeah, yeah, okay. And in the States, it just thinks of failed politicians. And so I'm sure somebody can pick up some emotional value from that. Uh, we have another song called uh, Hard Times Befall the Door-to-Door Glass Shard Salesman. Now, that could be interpreted emotionally on some level uh, from anybody who has had an experience of being a door-to-door salesman. You know? And uh, so another one is Mondays Are Free at the Hermetic Museum. Um, the Sin Eaters, Sarcophagi, we can go way into the Bull Lore, that's a classic. So, you know, that's about as, because that's kind of our, that's the only vocal representation as far as words that we have with our music. So, um, I'm sure the right people will pick up emotionally and, and we just hope they feel it in their heart. That's all we hope for. It's really all we ask of our, of our listeners. Okay, so. No. Chris, are you bored? Are you, is no. this is this bothering you? No. Do, do you find the, does this kind of exercise prove to be insightful for you as the drummer in this band? When you hear your your fellow bandmates making fun of the interviewer and uh, <laughs> and and destroying the show that he's working so hard to put together, how does that make you feel, Chris? Uh, bad, bad for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I, okay, well then we're all. You know, so here's the thing. I get, you know, I do this all the time, and we end up talking about people's records and how they made the record. It's all kind of boring to me. Yeah. I'm at a point now. There's like 250 episodes or whatever it is. I just kind of want to talk about the culture because I feel yeah. like everything we're doing and making is kind of reflective of what's going on, even if it isn't directly. So when you say there's no emotion. <laughs> no emotion. <laughs> no emotion. Or, or just <laughs> no. I mean that, and you mentioned the song titles. I mean, there's something going on there. There, there. there can be something going on, but it's not. Like I said, it's not our projection. It's not really up to us. You know, sometimes we just need to have song titles, and we come up with a list of silly ideas, and um, because uh, we don't have any words to sing about, you know, so we can't say that this is a love song because we're not, you know, doing vocal singing about. Love and Johnny Mathis and things like that. I just want to. I just want to um, just just drive that point home that I I do identify now very heavily with Johnny Mathis, and uh, and there's people you could contact that could verify that easily. So in my head, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but did Johnny Mathis not do the duet? Isn't he? Didn't he do the Family Ties theme song? I don't know if he did the Family Ties theme song. He did do some duets in the, uh, in the 80s. We're not talking about this. We're talking about vintage Mathis. Okay. We're talking about 1957, his first couple records that came out. And there was a, a pattern like 57 to 62 where he did his classic material. And then in the, mi- in the middle of the 70s, he switched to Columbia Records and did a bunch of other stuff that never really caught on. So I just want you to know that I have been doing my research. No, it's good. I'm going to make a Johnny Mathis podcast documentary at some point soon. So I know who to call now. I didn't realize this i'd be happy to participate in any johnny mathis podcast that you do chris how did you connect with these two uh, people can you talk about that <laughs> was it really oh the johnny mathis fan club you're a big fan as well interesting i know ben from uh 15 years ago uh playing on the same bills which is the way that most people meet Right, and this and uh, 
then we started playing together. Uh, we did a tour in 2005. There was six organs, yeah. but we'd played together before that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the first time. But Ben is the, the linchpin that brought Rick and me together because mm-hmm. Rick and I had only met uh, but not played together. But um, I opened up for Sun City Girls in Montreal 2004? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. With a saxophone player that I play with. So I What's the name of the project or who did you play with? Uh Paul Flaherty. Okay. So I come from mostly playing music that is instrumental. I guess we all Well, no. These guys they're singing. Uh but not me. Uh so I don't necessarily connect it words with the driving force behind because a lot of the stuff that I listen to is instrumental music and I don't look at it as an analog of there's one feeling that the creator of said song has and they're trying to sure pass it along even in the most direct lyric I mean even the most direct lyric is open to interpretation right. for anyone right now right. yeah. and um I, yeah and then the bands that I like that have lyrics like the fall for instance can't always say I know what he's talking about but because of the accent <laughs> no i mean with the lyric sheet oh the know? abstract the, okay. the, yeah the abstraction that's sort of what i part of what i love about it. i didn't understand the original office initially remember that yeah the, the ricky gervais one? oh yeah the show what yeah. are they talking about the british accents that's what i thought the whole time huh <laughs> i'm from canada <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's very uh, close to us so uh ben you're the linchpin <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, you're he's not. The evil genius. He's the evil genius. No. How, Can't you how, tell? He's just—he's kind of grumpy. He doesn't really want to be here. I do. Know, and, I do. Uh, because uh, I'm just setting a record straight. In Toronto or? No, no. Hey, 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 hey. No, we have nothing against Toronto. It's a fine. Well, now I'm starting to feel a bit offended. No, no. It's just that you know. Here we are. I, I knew we were doing this little podcast about two minutes before we began, <laughs> and I think Ben Ben did too, maybe ten minutes, and so and so we're. Uh, you know, we're no. feeling some angst. Yeah, yes. angst. That's what I was saying. That's what I was trying interview. to see. That's the only that's, I said it was because that's why you were saying it. Yeah. Now, Ben, can you talk about being the, the linchpin of this? I am not the linchpin. <laughs> what are you? What's your role in... Uh, <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Who are you? Yeah, I don't know. No, I just... Uh, I knew these guys, like Chris says, played music with him. And then I did a really short West Coast tour with Sun City Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of met Rick around that time, I guess, and he wasn't quite as scary as I thought he was going to be. <laughs> so uh, after that, I thought, eh, this guy's not so bad. Yeah. Is there a reason you thought he might be scary? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Look those? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just of because the music is so uncompromising and the demeanor and the hat? The hat. <laughs> no, no, the I don't know. You just don't know. You know, they're kind of. This hat, I've worn this hat for uh, over 10 years now. And uh, it's going to be in the Smithsonian Institute someday, right next to Fonzie's jacket. <laughs> That's good. See? That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. No, you were a little bit intimidated by... I wasn't intimidated. Not at all. Okay. But I, you know, they, you know, you might think that the, those guys were kind of scary guys, but they're all super sweet. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you connected with Rick uh, and then... Just Chris. separately. I just kind of knew them separately. And then I had actually just moved up to Seattle. Rick was living in Seattle at the time. So it just seemed like a fun project to do. And I wanted to start a project with Chris. So, yeah. Now, I mean, the last time you and I spoke, you were turning six organs of admittance, which is, it was kind of an acoustic-based project, I guess, at that time. Mm, yeah, maybe like, 
when it started about 15 or 16 right. years and ago. Right. And then yeah. I think when you and I spoke, which was, I don't know, five, six years ago, four or five years ago, something like that, mm-hmm. you were starting to electrify it. You, yeah. you were starting to feel like you, you needed to do that some more. It had gone through periods like that before. It's just, and then it goes electric, it goes acoustic. Like when I toured with Chris with School of the Flower, it was, yeah, 2005, it was acoustic and very electric. Right. Yeah. The tour was all electric, so, you know, okay, okay. Yeah, it kind of goes back and forth. I think that there's people, I don't know, people assume that Six Organs is always acoustic, because once you get a tag, you're just stuck with it forever, I think. Why is that? Why Is that my fault? I don't know. Is that my I fault? It's just somehow? not your fault. I don't know why people I'm do the what me- they do. I'm, right now, I mean, I'm speaking on behalf I don't, of the no, media. No, I don't Am mean I the just media? say that you and everybody. Oh, you're you're the you're the media. I am tonight. I'm the media. Yeah. So I, I don't represent. think in but those you're, terms. You're independent media. You're not uh, corp. You're not really corporate media. You are wearing a camouflage outfit. I got here. this at Why? the grocery Why? store. Well, I'm going for a whole. The, the, the grocery. Can you can you eat it? I mean, who's being aggressive now? You're almost in fatigue. It was in the salad aisle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. What I I obviously if you're I, a bit of an aggressive. Well, if I'm really, am I really like because you of the camouflage? You come in dressed in fatigues. Yeah, I'm going for kind of an Osama bin Brooklyn thing. <laughs> this was my thing here with the horn rim. I uh, <laughs> that's a Rick Bishop joke. If I ever <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> no, I uh, I. <laughs> obviously, I have some angst in me as well, mm. gentlemen. I mean, that's why I was picking up angst from your music. I think that's what it is. No, I, I only wonder if, you know, some people say that uh, they oscillate between uh, uh, electric music and acoustic music because the volume in their head, in their head, goes Ooh. up and down. Like, like a poet once said that, I think. Yeah. I guess I wonder about uh, the transition from acoustic to electric, that's all. Because this is a really loud band, and that's all I was getting Ronda's at. Ronda's a loud band. Yeah, Ronda's a yeah. really loud band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it, it obviously it satisfies a need within you to play as loud as possible sometimes. I don't think of music as satisfying needs. Or emotional. You don't like, have a need or an emotion that you need to convey. I don't see music as no. doing either of those things. Do you feel like that? I've, why do people talk like that? That's, that's just something that somebody said, and then it just gets repeated over and over and over again. Like, oh... I, I have to, I've got these emotions I need to tell people. That's just, it's this constant thing that people are saying. They don't, it's, it's, it's not true. It's a false romanticization of the artist. Is that what you think? I mean, that's a small fraction of the problem, for it's sure. Not, it's not true in relation to the music, I think, that we do. It's certainly true in a lot of other, you know, like your indie rock, you know, real sensitive singer Dudes that just share their—I don't know the names. I don't, you know, they're out there. You know, yeah, certainly that's emotional. You know, they—they—they they, they go out of their way to. Uh, I don't know who you're talking about. To share about. their emotions. I don't know who you're talking and, about. And Can you name name one name? First? No, I'm just joking. Uh, uh, no, I really can't. But they're—I know they're out there because I—I—I uh, I, I hear about them and I see them like if I'm looking at the internet. You know. So if you hear a musician talking about some kind of spiritual fulfillment or satisfaction that they're getting from playing, you think, Ben, that's horseshit, probably. No, I think satisfaction sounds you obviously like get it probably fulfillment. Happens. You get fulfillment from doing this. Not fulfillment, but satisfaction. So, okay, what's, can you, this is good. I like this. I like where this is going. Can you distinguish between the two for the purposes of our no, microphone? No, I can't. No. Fulfillment, fulfillment <laughs> indicates that you, you need to accomplish something in order for something to... To feel something where satisfaction is, you're just happy. You just like what's going on. That's all it is. So, you, so you don't overthink this shit. 
You're just doing it because you need to do it and you have to do it and you've been doing it. I don't need to do this. <laughs> what would you be... Okay, what would you be doing? I know you don't need to do this interview. What no, would you no, be, I don't need to do this music. You don't need to do it? What would you do if you weren't doing this? Like, what, what, what do you think you'd be doing with yourself? I have no idea. Have you thought about that ever? No. Do you ever get sick of this? No. Not, not the conversation. No, no. Never, really. You always like making music. I don't always like it, but I never get sick of it. Never come close to just being like, I can't do this anymore oh all the time but i'm not really sick of it just no. maybe it's hard or something there's like hard parts of it but not like i'm sick of it okay you never okay and what about you Ray? i mean you've been doing this a long time now i mean it's what i do you know i don't know what else i do i sell some books every now and then but uh no i mean this is Where do you sell books at? i sell it on the uh that internet thing <clears throat> you heard of it what is this about you selling books i've heard this before here's all you need to know richardbishopbookseller.com that's all you need to know yeah and uh i'm glad i could get that in there thanks ben for setting me up on that and uh yeah i sell uh i sell uh occult books you know this occult stuff this dark stuff that you hear about you know conspiracy theory stuff no more more from the, like the you know the black magic and alchemy dark the yeah. dark arts that kind of thing and uh because uh you know that's always going to be a subject. There's always you know, the way I look at it is this: this is uh, this is going to be a a way to sell books for forever and ever because there's always going to be people who are going to want to like learn some black magic spell for their boss or their or their uncle or something. You know, so that's just going to always be around. Do you think that there's just normal people trying to cast spells on their employers? Uh, yes. I believe it happens all the time, and I think probably a lot of that's centered around the world of politics. Yeah, right. Now, now, are these books you've read personally or just books you're selling because you're a, a retailer? Um, a little of both. Um, most of the books I will, I kind of have to make sure I at least know what the book is about because you have to, you know, you have to know your product. That's number one rule of retail. Um, and, and there are several along the way that I've read in full and many that I've read more than once. Uh, I, I have an interest in that uh, subject matter. So... Um, but I don't go around uh, putting spells on people. I don't know. <laughs> Are you trying to scare the hell out of me right now? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that's I. I don't. I don't really practice. I don't really practice. I kind of have dabbled in the past, many years ago, uh, because that's just what you do to learn about uh, things. Because you've been maybe exposed to things or experiences that you don't understand, so you got to try to at least learn about it. I think. Yeah, that's what the purpose of this is. That's why I'm asking all these questions about emotions and music and feeling. And uh, right, I didn't. Right. Normally, it works out fine, <laughs> well, but but not but not all the time. And as you might have noticed this evening, with you know maybe certain members uh, don't want to play along. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, not I'm trying just... to not play. <laughs> the... How many times have you said no during this interview? I just want to point nope. that out. Nope, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever cast a spell, Ben, or no, been the subject of <laughs> no, a spell? No, I'm, I'm, that Stevie Nicks stuff is out. <laughs> I do not deal with that Stevie Nicks business. Yeah. I saw what happened to the Mac, and I said, nope. <laughs> When's the last time you cast a spell? Have you cast a spell, Rick? Uh, I've, I've never, I would never say I've cast cast a spell in that sense but i have practiced learning certain things that anybody who gets into the this kind of business uh needs to do in order to understand some of the forces at work out there uh i'm a totally good person 
I'm not a dark magician or anything like that. I'm not a wizard. But they're out there. And I'll be the first to tell you that in most of, in, in many cases, the, the stuff kind of has potential. It, it, it can work. Right. Yeah, it can work. If you, know how to, if you know how to play with certain forces, you can do very good things. And you can also do very bad things, you know, if you want. And, you know, that's just, that's just a, a simple way to put it. Yeah. As a retailer, do you have a, like a, a warranty or a guarantee? Do you guarantee satisfaction? We were talking about satisfaction earlier. Do you guarantee satisfaction? Has anyone cast a spell and been like, hey, dude, this didn't work. This book is bogus. No, it, it's not about that at all. I sell books. I don't sell, I don't sell training. And so, but um, if anybody would like to return a book for any reason, it can be returned for a full refund. But I don't sell a book in order for somebody to do anything with it. It's up to them. So I'm not saying, hey, buy this book and you can put a spell on somebody. No, it's not, it's not that way. In my, in my opinion, any, any study of the cult, of the occult, is something you do for yourself, not to, not to other people. It's just learning and knowledge for your own self. That's mine. Uh, Chris or Ben, a question for you. Uh, do you feel like the dark arts permeates... Uh, Rangda in in any way, shape, or form, uh, specifically, legitimately, p- particularly. Chris, no, N- no. There's that word again. Okay, not even a little bit. Uh, ben, what, what about you? Not in, not in any way. No, it's not. It's not it's, a, that's not any intention. You know. No, no that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. yeah. But there there obviously could be people like me who interpret it could as be. being dark. Well, I mean, you can you can interpret that with. Uh, with many bands that play spooky music or creepy music or have dark uh, imagery that they use and they use certain symbols and uh, for whatever agenda they have, you know, it can easily be interpreted that way. Whether they do anything of that nature is, yeah, it's really their, their business. So, Well, now you, are, you guys played Montreal yesterday. We're in Toronto now. I'm just curious about your relationship with our country, your interpretation or, or rather your impression of Canada. Uh, you've been here many times. Um, Rick, can you talk a little bit about what you make of this place? I enjoy, I've always enjoyed coming to Canada. It's, it's usually Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver. Um, and I've always had a great time, good people. Um, never a problem. Except, except occasionally on, on the border. Right. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But most of the time that's on the American side. It's, it's going back. You know, we get hassled every now and then. 
you're not saying, Chris, that it's it's getting better. You found it was a pretty smooth experience this time around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it keeps the laws keep changing. So over the past, for me, ten years or a little more that I've been coming up, depending on what the current position is, and there was one point at which it, they were going to make it very difficult, uh, and then that didn't work out because. There's a lot of money to be made with music, not necessarily by the musicians, but by the uh, breweries sell beer to club, you know. So there's so preventing the free flow, right. right? Now the difference is that the U.S. side has never relaxed anything and is only making things harder and harder. Um, that's so what I think. That's yeah. what I. Th- that's my general. That should be your country's motto. <laughs> making things harder and harder, harder, not relaxing. We're not relaxing, harder and harder. That should be... That has been I think the, someone's got to clean that up a little bit, but I think there's a slogan in there. Know there's somebody, who's, there's somebody <laughs> who wants to do that. And there's somebody I've heard of who wants to make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that too. Yeah, the, I heard that too. What was the other one? The wall just got higher, I think, was his other line. So yeah, he's pretty good at cleaning yeah. things up. He also... Uh, okay. All right. And, and uh, Ben... Uh, Canada, for some people in the United States of America, is a, a comical place of snow and uh, people who say A. A? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I know. That's what I thought you were going to say. Do you have a, 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 a positive or negative? Is there anything about Canada that bothers you? I love Canada. I love Canada. Every time I come here, it's great. Do you find that it's... Yeah, I've, I've lots of friends. I've been, the friends that I've made in Montreal, you know, um, just playing there. Uh, you know, it's a nice experience. Everything I played Ottawa um, last tour. Yeah, and it was it was um, very fun as well. Press? Did you play the? Do you remember what it was? Some kind of club? It w- it was some kind of club. <laughs> Correct. Some kind of place where you play music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are your friends in Montreal, by the way? Uh, some buddies that will you know, just some buddies that I met while touring and you know talking and stuff. So know, it's fun to see them. I think all of us, we all have friends up here. It's nice to visit our friends. Do you know Harris Newman? I do know Harris actually. Yeah, we, Har- I think good. we all know Harris. Yeah, he's great. He's a great guy. He's a great guitar player. He Absolutely, I love Harris. Okay, so I Ken- dedicated a song to Harris once years ago when I was playing in Montreal. Oh, I said this song's for Harris. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you remember this dedication? It was yeah. stuck in your mind. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, love that dude. Yeah, he's a sweet, sweet man and a very talented uh, musician. Okay, well, what's coming up next for this band? I know that you've got a lot of tour dates, don't you, coming up? Uh, We have about uh, maybe 11 more shows after tonight, and um, then we'll do some European dates in July. And I'm not sure, I mean, eventually we'd like to do some shows in the West Coast, but uh, nothing, you know, we're all busy. We all have different schedules, so it's... We have to really plan in advance, and there's not, there's just no plans yet beyond that. Would uh, would wrong to play like? Uh, would you be more comfortable? Would you be comfortable playing like a jazz festival? Would that be weird? Or would like a yes. rock? Yes. Really, that would be strange. For no, you? yes, we'd play it. Oh, you'd play it. It wouldn't be weird. No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we don't. I mean, technically, we'll play what anything. we play might not be considered jazz by jazz purists, but there's a lot of jazz. A lot of festivals jazz festivals. Now festivals yeah. That put on. A little more experimental stuff that might not be 
straight up jazz. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a many f- jazz festivals in Canada where like Buddy Guy plays or BB mm-hmm. King plays. It's sort of it's a weird like it's a racist interpretation of jazz. It's just like <laughs> it's a black person with a guitar. So yeah, they're gonna play our jazz festival. That's what I find. Ooh, now you're baiting us. You're, yeah, you no, no, you brought up. I'm race. not. Well, you know, I look at I look at BB King as more of a blues player than than jazz. But yeah, he would play the jazz festivals, but n- uh, not anymore because didn't he pass away? Allegedly, yes. Yeah. Allegedly, he did. <laughs> well, I don't trust anything. Yeah, <laughs> I I do think that that you should come to the Guelph Jazz Festival maybe at some point, or come to Guelph where I live. Uh, just come to Guelph. Just hang out. Uh, if you uh, ever have any way of helping us out with that, we'd be happy to listen to all offers. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. And, and individually, like you've got Rongda, you just put out this record. So, I I know that this hasn't been uh, good uh, in any way, <laughs> but I just want to say. Uh, this record is awesome, uh, really excellent. So congratulations on that. But I, I, I don't want to bypass. That. I didn't want to not say that. Uh, but individually, you, you mentioned uh, Rick that you guys are all busy. What else is going on? Uh, maybe outside Arangda even. Well, for me, it's just I do my solo thing, and uh, I've stepped away for that from that for the last several months. Uh, I'll do something else maybe in June, some solo stuff. Um, but other than that, that's all I have in the works I'll eventually put out another solo record uh, before we probably do another Rongda record um, but yeah and these guys are just as busy Chris is busier than probably anybody here but uh, Chris what are you up to? Uh, jazz <laughs> jazz stuff? Yeah. okay but not the racist jazz the mm-hmm. actual jazz that's yeah yeah it's not I don't want to put you on the hot jazz. seat okay no no that's a pretty easy question to say no to. okay yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not doing racist jazz. okay good the racist it's, jazz is the worst jazz it, I think actually yes <laughs> yeah that's it. you mean he's, but but well, see I'm no gonna, no I'm Rick he's right yeah. it really is but there's any way jazz. to argue against my theory that racist jazz is terrible to interpret that I mean are you saying that white jazz is is bad. Oh, right, can because I talk about what, what I'm that's doing? That's what I that's what I think no, would be I, racist jazz. Would be white jazz. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> Certainly, I'm not going to say that. Uh, I want to talk about what I'm doing. Yes, Ben. What are you doing? What are you up to? I'm not doing anything this year. I'm waiting for these guys. What that's is that? what I'm doing. I asked to move in with either one of them. They said no. <laughs> I'm waiting and waiting for them. So this stuff about everyone's busy. I'm not busy. All, wrong to it. All year long. They call me up. That's what I'm doing. Now, come on, Ben. You usually have a lot going usually, on. Usually not this year. I cleared the whole year. For Rongda. Are you, yes. Are you trying to make people feel bad in your band? No, no. I'm just saying. It seems vaguely. I'll, I'll I didn't know. I didn't clear the whole year. It just happens that I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it's, I didn't clear the year. No, nobody. Nobody's asked me. I, yeah, would, you know, I haven't said I'm, no to I anything. I have nothing against that. I mean, I, I think if, if our schedules weren't, you know, I know Chris is, is very busy, but if we could do Rongda more uh, during the year or during any year, I'm always for that. But it's always I a, asked a if we could thing. tour in August and you said no. I didn't say no. I don't want to talk about it on no. the air. No, I mean, I, I would love to do more with Rhonda. It's just never been that way. You know, we put out a record, we do a couple tours, and we hardly see each other for a year or so. So yeah, I know that he, Ben, and let's just talk about him like he's not here. Been a bit of a negative Nelly, but this I, is I feel like I he say, has a deep affinity for Rhonda. Yes. So he cleared the year. Yes. No, I didn't clear like, the year. I just wasn't asked to do anything. 
So I have so, the year open. There's uh, a difference. Who normally asks, who on God's green no, earth normally asks you nobody, to do anything? Nobody, nobody ever. I usually have to ask other That's people. That's what I'm saying. But I didn't ask anybody. That's what ah, ah, ah. No, what? I'm not doing that. Well, oh, I'm doing a theater thing. What's Chris saying? Oh, okay. Theater what? I am doing music for a play later, but that's like Is it year. Hamilton? Is it that play Hamilton? Is no. that what you're doing? Okay. No. Have you heard of that? No. It's, it, I, people seem to like it. It's, I don't Who's like it. Who's negative now? I'm not. Who's negative now? I don't know. Who is negative now? <laughs> um, anyway, so you've got nothing, because you're prolific. You're a busy guy. I like to think of you as a busy guy. A busy Ben, we call you at my house. A busy Ben. Not this year. <laughs> not this year. Here. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Okay. So Rhonda, 24-7, except for Rick. And, you know, like, like I said, I wish, I wish we could do more because I think it's real exciting right now. And to do all this and then just stop doing it for a while. It's, but that's how it always is. Um, and that's probably what will happen. Like I said, we'll do a, a European thing and then maybe a hit and miss uh, for the next couple of years. But nothing serious uh, unless some great opportunities come like Johnny Mathis. yeah yeah you know there is the Mathis connection um but uh, all that aside uh it's it's just how it is it's just how okay Ron yeah, i'm sorry i don't mean to badger you guys uh now at this point yeah all right uh thanks for being on this show uh, i mean that sincerely and is there a song from the new record that we can play for people i'm pointing at my phone but part of your album's on my phone but podcast you mean yeah is there a song we can play you can play uh actually you can play any song you like you don't really need permission i don't think uh that's fair no no well yes i do i'm not supposed to I'm not actually supposed to do it. I, that's why I clear it and get you on the record saying, yeah, of course you can. Uh, but. I mean, the record's out, so uh, if it was up to me, and let's just say that it is, you can choose any song you like to play for your listeners. Well, is there something that you would pick just because you know the songs best? And uh, Ben, I feel like you would be really eager to pick up the microphone and choose a song from well, the record. Let's put it this way. There's been two songs that have kind of like officially been released there was one that came out before the record came out called to melt the moon and then a recent one called sin eaters which a video just came out so anybody who doesn't have the record might have already heard those so i would recommend you pick perhaps one of the remaining songs the only problem is uh one of them lasts 19 minutes totally fine okay uh and then there's uh, of course <laughs> there's of course spiro agnew which lasts like a minute and a half or two minutes and that's too short. Yeah, and then there's something in between that's kind of like a really noisy, uh, something just, just filled with angst that maybe is the one you should play, and that it would be uh, hard times before the door-to-door glass shard salesman. Okay, I mean, one of the reasons I... I five songs. No, I know, and one of the reasons I wanted to ask you is because, as you know, and as I frequently discover in talking to people who do what you guys do, you will start to play after you put out a record and be like, Oh yeah, that's actually the thing we were really excited about isn't working. But you know what's really surprising us is that song that we didn't even care. We weren't, you know. I mean, you learn stuff about the songs, and that's why I wondered: is something feeling really amazing to you guys in particular on stage, or something that surprised you? Been like, whoa, we're playing four, four out of the five songs on this tour of the new record. We're not doing the really noisy abstract one, uh, and uh, I'm enjoying all of them. Uh, but if you could play the the 19-minute full-side one, that's the one that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you buy it, you know, album only, you got to buy the whole album. Uh, that's probably the one that nobody's heard. Okay, sure. So what's the name of this song? It's called Mondays Are Free at the Hermetic Museum. 
is there what would have inspired that that title is amazing can you talk it just it just kind of came came out you know we we this, this is what we do we need song titles we usually it's chris and i we come up with with some some things and they get ri- more ridiculous as it goes and uh and we just kind of we'll just say oh i like this one and then somebody else will say it's like a majority of two out of the three like it and we'll usually go with it um it has meaning only if uh a listener or a reader of the titles wants to give it specific meetings meanings but uh yeah it's open Okay, let's let's go with that. Thank you very much. And I want to say this is for me. This has been a great interview. Thank you. <laughs> I really for had me a good too. Time. I would like to say this is. I I've really enjoyed this. Did actually. you really, Ben? No, no. See, because I, I don't want to get into it too much because you keep saying I haven't. No, I'm, I feel I'm that kidding. I can say I'm no. I feel I can say no to answer. I've enjoyed myself very much. Thank you. Thank you for being great, on the show. Yeah, you know, it's you a pleasure. This. this is the second time you and I have spoken. I know. I know. And it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure uh, for me, Chris. I don't care for you much. I will say that you have been a thorn in my side. And frankly, I'm glad this is over. Uh, thank you. Thank You've you, Ron. You me. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks.
Habit music by Rongda from their new album, The Heretic's Burden. That was Mondays Are Free at the Hermetic Museum. That album is available now via Drag City Records, and you can learn more about it at dragcity.com. That was... Did that feel like an interesting conversation to you? It felt contentious, didn't it? I felt I felt it as it was happening. It was a bit contentious. Maybe I wasn't on my game. But I did get the impression... After it was done, they said, This was great. Thank you. I think they like to mess with interviewers because they think interviews are stupid. But they agreed to do the interview. So I was confused. Maybe they don't think interviews are stupid. Hard to get a read on Rangda. That's fine. I appreciated it. I don't... Normally, people are so nice. It was nice to have people uh, push me back a little bit. And I deservingly so in some ways. Again, this all felt like a ruse. But anyway, I thank them for being on the program. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And we'll check. They're a great, great band. Just go see them. Pick up their records. Uh, They are fantastic. So, Rangda, thank you very much. Oh, also, a quick note. The beginning of the episode, I did my normal bookshelf ad. But I used uh, my son who is four years old, and he would not go to sleep as I was recording the ad. He, he was up late, exhausted, just totally exhausted. He seemed to have a cold, but he refused to go to sleep, which was unusual. So he was kind of just farting around down here, and I just said, hey, why don't you come record this ad with me? So he eventually agreed, kind of went back and forth on it. He agreed, and I listened back when he was done, I'm like, man, he sounds like he's two years old. He doesn't sound like he normally does. So he said, the, the version of my son that you heard is uh, sleep deprived, and I think coming down with a cold. But it's, I'm glad. I, I'm glad he did that, and I, I hope you could make out what he was saying. There's lots of good movies coming up at the bookshelf, uh, and it's March break, so there's lots of kids movies. And I thought he would get a kick out of saying Paddington and SpongeBob, and anyway, that's what that was about. Hey. If you want to listen to Creative Control of Vishkana, you can on iTunes, audioboom.com, vishkana.com, other places on the internet where my show just shows up and I don't know why. I didn't say they could do it. I don't care, I guess. It's sort of weird. You can make a flexible monthly donation to the show at patreon.com. Thanks to all of you who have done that. It does sustain the show and uh, I hope more people do it. I'd like uh, to uh, do nothing but this show all the time, but uh, if you go to the Patreon page, you'll see not really feasible right now. So consider, if you listen to the show regularly or you're new to the show, please consider making a monthly donation to our Patreon page. Creative Control of Vishkana on Patreon.com Oh, also, we're on Facebook. There's a page. Join it. Sometimes we post things that are related to the show on there. Twitter, at Creative with a K. I'm on uh, Twitter, at Vishkana. Uh, with a K. Uh, what else? Oh, the show exists as a CFRU 93.3 FM radio program in Guelph. Uh, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time and also online at CFRU.ca. And there's a few live dates coming up, which uh, I think I've told you about already. There's some coming up this week. March 18th at the Great Hall and March 19th at the Great Hall, both part of Long Winter. On the 18th, it's a Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays and baseball panel. Uh, that will be a, an official creative control taping and then we do this talk show uh, once in a while called Long Night with Vishkana we're doing that on the 19th with members of Sloan a cooking demo with Zane Kaplansky a chat with filmmaker Caitlin Durlach and a performance by a group in Toronto called So Long 7 so come on down for the taping at the Great Hall Queen and Dover Court the uh, L- Long Night and creative control taping start at 9pm 
18th and the 19th of March. So hopefully we'll see you there. Lots more stuff coming up. There's actually, uh, if all goes well, another episode this week. Two episodes this week, which has been uh, not the case for some time. And and uh, that's that. That we're going to break the rules. We're going to break the rules, and there'll be two episodes. I'll tell you, it's comedian Josh Gondelman. It's going to be on the program. That'll be fun. So stay tuned for that. All right, that's it. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Goodbye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.